Welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for an interview. Esther Nagel is a rebel yoga teacher, uh, a woman with many uh, abilities, with uh, uh, an interesting story and so many facets to her beautiful self that it will be hard to actually find find a start to unravel this beautiful mystery that is today on my show. Well, I'm so looking forward to it, to give it a go. <laughs> so Esther, welcome to my show. Thank you, Stefan. Um, thank you for that fantastic introduction. That makes me feel so cool. <laughs> well, that's what you are, isn't it? That is, <laughs> you're, a, you're a rebel ADHD uh, yoga teacher with more tattoos than should be legally allowed. And here you are. <laughs> here you are, just living your life to the fullest and yes. <laughs> not taking no for an answer which makes it an absolute amazing, amazing life, isn't it? It is, yeah. you, are, you are just in a beautiful position right now. And that is certainly a, a different, different story than when you started out, than a few years ago. So today I'm, I'm very intrigued and very pleased and humbled that you come onto my show and oh, that you. we can learn from you how you have developed your authenticity and how you now celebrate it so when was your sober day when did you uh, stop drinking so it's actually my sixth anniversary on monday um the 12th of october congratulations so it's 2014 mm. um that was the day that i decided that I was never going to make myself endure the sort of hangover that I was suffering <laughs> any longer because I was lying on my settee going, I just want to die. Can't open my eyes. I want to die. Um, and yeah, I just decided I was never going to do that to myself ever again. And I haven't. But that wasn't really the day I decided I was giving up. That came a few weeks later once I kind of got myself used to the idea of being sober. Um, but yeah, that was the last day that that was my that's the day I celebrate as my sober day. Wow. That's right, the last hangover. Um interesting. Uh, now 80% of people who make that call and really give it a shot still um think, hmm, maybe I do one more little 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 taste. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I really need to go back a little bit. Did it happen to you? Nope. No, wow. because I'd um I'd been there many times, you know. I knew <laughs> I knew that whole I mean I didn't tell myself that that was the last time I was gonna drink at that point. I didn't actually have that in my head. I but I, what I did was every night I decided I wasn't gonna drink that day and I celebrated going to bed knowing that I'd remember going to bed, waking up in the morning, focusing on really feeling good and how nice it was that I could remember going to bed and how nice it was that my mouth didn't feel like I'd eaten an ashtray off the bar and, you know, pour down then the dregs of everybody's lager down my throat. So I just, I just really focused on the positives and I didn't, and because I was at the time, so at the time I was doing yoga teacher training. So I was learning all these different tools and practices that were helping me to process the stuff that was going on up here. So I had tools that got me through that and that were that meant that I was actually able to be with all the stuff that was coming up inside me. And I didn't need alcohol because I had all this other all this other stuff. So I didn't need the numbing and the, the 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 oblivion that I'd spent twenty years chasing because I had other tools by that point. So that day when I was lying on the sofa wishing for death, the biggest thing that was going through my head was why have I done this? I don't need this anymore. I don't need to do this to myself. So why am I still doing it? And 
it was just at the process of practicing the things I was learning meant that I didn't have that desire to go back to that pain that I actually, that physical pain that was the manifestation of all the emotional pain that yeah, I, I didn't have any desire to go back there. And when I did find my emotions a little bit much, I knew what to do to manage those. So I didn't feel the need to drink. You were sick and tired of being sick and tired. Oh, so sick. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, yeah. it's, whilst it sounds like a cliche, it is so true, isn't it? It is. So yeah. true. Yeah. But then again, the alcohol gave you something. What, what were the positive sides of the alcohol? Why did you drink? What, what did it do to you? So when I first started drinking, it meant that I could talk to boys. <laughs> when I was 16 and I first started drinking, it meant that this really shy, awkward, uncomfortable, very confused person that I was could actually talk to the boys, which I couldn't really do particularly well when I was sober. Um, and then over time, life got really difficult and, and I made some really bad choices that kind of sent me down a really dark path and a really deep spiral into what I can now see plainly and clearly was very serious depression. And nobody knew that I was in depression because there was a lot of other stuff going on that meant that I was blamed for a lot of stuff and that there was a lot of shame around these decisions I'd made. And... So I was just full of self-loathing. I spent my life with an undiagnosed ADHD as well. So there was a lot of um, a lot of self-loathing and shame in me because of who I was, because I didn't really know who I was. I just knew that I was kind of not quite what everybody wanted me to be. And that I didn't seem to get anything right in life. And that, you know, everybody seemed to think that I was this potentially brilliant person. And yet I couldn't quite ever seemed to get there I couldn't ever quite seem to be good enough I couldn't quite get life right and so then what I mean when I was 16 it was fine I was just drinking on a Friday and Saturday night having a few drinks getting a little bit tipsy going home again it was fine but then when it became a problem I was oblivion hunting I was I was basically um I, I mean, I look at it now as it was 20 years of slow suicide. I didn't quite have the push to go there in that moment. I, I thought about it a few times, but I never did it. But I think what I was doing was, well, if I, I don't want to do it in a quick hit, but I can do it slowly this way. Um, you know, when I was when I was 20, I'm 21 or 22, I was a big Beatles. I've been a big Beatles fan all my life. And I used to be a big John Lennon fan. And I remember I had this big poster of John Lennon on my wall. And I remember looking at him thinking, I'll be dead by the time I'm 40. And it's okay because John Lennon died at 40, so it'll be fine. And I was completely fine with that idea that I might only live half my potential life. And I was fine with that. That didn't seem to phase me in the slightest. And I look back at that now. And that person, that, that that young woman who thought that was okay, my heart breaks for her, you know, like that was never okay. And if I told anybody that had any idea about mental health at that time, that that was how I felt, then somebody would have maybe said, Esther, you, maybe you need help. You know, that's not normal thinking. Maybe you need some help here. Maybe there's something going on. But I never did because to my mind, there was no problem with that. <laughs> You know, like I didn't even see that that was a problem. Um, so, yeah, what alcohol gave me was it gave me the ability to completely run away from what I was actually feeling. And it gave me, um, I chose my friends based on if they drank and took drugs. If people drank and took drugs, I could be friends with them. If they didn't, I wasn't really sure how to deal with them. So it gave me connection. It gave me that ability to interact and to make friends with people, which I kind of struggled with. And so it gave me the things that I needed. But it's like alcohol tells you it's giving you all that stuff. But really, it's not. It's not giving you any of that. And all of that stuff that I thought alcohol was giving me when I was 20 is what I found really since I was 41 and I stopped, you know, I found it all now. 
that that was what I thought I was getting fun and friendship and confidence and not needing to actually deal with what was going on in my head because I couldn't stand what I couldn't I couldn't be in my head at all for a second I think you have just described virtually every single guest that ever appeared mm. in this show and yeah, I'm sure. we all and including its host um, because it is such a common common theme we are so unhappy about ourselves for a number of reasons and I think the the way you described it that you just couldn't quite be the person that other people wanted you to be or that you own that your own imagination somehow put up there on the pedestal you have to be that person in order for you to be happy yeah. oh, just wait once I am there then I'm happy and this is such a weird thinking but it's so common yeah that's how we are that's how we roll and it is so confusing self-destructive self-loathing mm. I love that you had so many beautiful sound bites there um, you, 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 you were looking for oblivion. You, you just did not want to, to live. No, you did not want to accept what was going on in your life and deal mm. with the problems. And that's such a common thing. We, that's for me. That's the same thing. That's why I drank. Yeah. And why I drank so much. Slu a suicide in installments. I call yeah. it. Yeah. And That's it, a good way to, yeah. And it is, yeah. it is exactly that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, and so, your yoga career, because you, your yoga helped you. It was a way of, of finding new insights into yourself. And yoga, there is a strong, strong spiritual component to it, which is beautiful for that many, mm. many people actually do love it for exactly that yes. reason. Yeah. So when did that love affair start? Well, I started, um, so <laughs> my my interest in yoga came from him back there. George <laughs> so, Harrison. George Harrison was into yoga, so I had to try it. Um, so I tried it, I went to a couple of classes when I was young and really liked them, but never started going regularly. And then it must have been about... Well, it would have been, must have been in 2007, um, maybe 2006, 2000, no, 2007, I think it would have been. I started going to local yoga classes because I'd had, so this is really funny, I'd had an asthma attack and I'd taken a week off work. I don't think I needed to take the week off work, but I used it as an excuse to have a week off work. And I decided, all right, yoga, that's all about breathing. That will help with my asthma. I can go to yoga. Now, I was smoking at least 10 cigarettes a day and at least three joints a day at that point. It didn't even cross my mind that that might be the most sensible thing, you know, give up smoking. Um, but I said I went to yoga. And ironically, I did end up giving up smoking because of yoga. So it kind of worked. Um, but so I went to yoga and, and I loved it. I absolutely fell in love with the way that it made my body feel. It was like I could, I'd started walking for, for healing a couple of years earlier after my brother died in 2005. And I started walking and finding that kind of healing through my body, through moving my body and through just being with my body instead of, you know, I could actually deal with what was going on in my head when I was walking. So there was something about moving my body and something about being present in my body that was very healing and very soothing for me. And I was still going through the grieving process at that point as well. And, and I remember about, I don't know, a couple of months into my regular classes thinking, I'm going to teach this one day. I'm going to be a yoga teacher one day. And, you know, I've got ADHD, so everything I do, I'm like, you know, I, I'm on this podcast now and I'm thinking, I could be a podcaster. I could do this. I could do that. You know, that's just how I operate anyway. But I really wanted to be a yoga teacher. And the one thing that I really didn't like about the yoga classes was the breathing exercises, ironically. You know, I went there to learn how to breathe, but I didn't like them because I've got a dust allergy and my nose was always blocked, so I couldn't breathe through my nose. 
because I really struggled to breathe properly. And then when I, um, I had a breakdown in 2013, gave up my job, and instead of, you know, seeking medical help, looking for therapy, <laughs> maybe getting some actual treatment, I decided now's the perfect time to train to be a yoga teacher. And so I, I found a teacher that was living, that was really close to where I live. And I started yoga teacher training. And I went into that thinking I knew everything there was to know about yoga. And I didn't need to learn anything. I just needed to get a certificate. It took me less than three hours to work out. I knew nothing, <laughs> nothing at all about yoga. Because all I knew was the postures. Literally, that was all I knew. I didn't even know that the other stuff existed. I didn't even know what I didn't know about yoga. And when I realized that there was this entire philosophy, this entire like life system that goes with the postures, it kind of blew my mind. And I thought, oh my God, this, this is actually going to be a bit more intense than I thought it was going to be. And Within six months, I was lying on my sofa contemplating a life of sobriety. And then by the end of that, I was six months sober. You know, and I got in there. I hadn't even been able to acknowledge that I had a drinking problem at the start. And a year later, I was six months sober. And it was entirely because of the yoga. You know, yoga was my, my recovery program and still is. It's what keeps me relatively sane. I don't say I'm sane. But... Um, it keeps me saying saying people scare me so no no i don't understand them <laughs> exactly nah, nah. they won't talk to me for long enough for me to understand them they just <laughs> bit like okay you match <laughs> <magical ways. laughs> no it's intriguing you wrote a book uh show us your book come on come on there you go yes, here's my book that's my, right my name on it yes and the title is the title is Bent Back Into Shape, Eating uh -huh. Through Yoga. That's right. Now... I've had this for, for four years, and I still stroke it whenever uh, I can. Ah, so you should. So you should. It's your baby. Yes. <laughs> it's now, the reason that I bring up your book, the reason I bring up your book, uh, the foreword uh, in it is your oh, yoga teacher who uh, wrote about your journey uh, when you actually appeared first time in the class oh what and did you call me at some sort of the, crazy the colorful fast, ball of energy the, that's right crazy ball of energy that's exactly how yes. <laughs> the name. And i was i was giggling to myself because <laughs> reading that and seeing you i can see the past because it was a confused energy it was a yes. confused mess that mm. shone oh, yes. through the fabric there mm. and then your, your yoga teacher describes how you change, how with every session you mm. become this different woman. And yeah. it is a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, external review, so to speak. So someone who's giving testament about, about your progress. And that was mm. the foreword was good to read there. It yeah. gave me a lot yeah. of insight about you. So there you go. <laughs> it was beautiful when she sent that to me. I, I was in tears reading it because it was it was incredible. And I've got some photos that I took, various photos throughout my uh, my training. Not as many as I wish I had now. I wish <laughs> I got one every month. But that you can see. I mean, you can see the lines smoothing out. You can see the color coming into my face. You can see the joy coming into me. It's like I was gray and empty and just haggard before and by the time I came out of that year I swear I looked like five years younger at least <laughs> and it was incredible absolutely it's, incredible it's funny what happens when you a put the right nutrition in you b start drinking water um c actually get rid of all the shit that you that you mm. have accumulated in your body all the toxins uh and then actually now that you've done the basics right that you're now working on on your mind and on your spirituality and yeah. develop that self-love for that crazy, nutty, weird, yin and yang being that you are. And yeah. it is, it's amazing what happens. So you, there you are, you have, you've actually had the chance to, to document that transformation. I wish I had. Mm. But it, my 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 transformation 
was different. It was there was there was no there was no happiness in the moment, no sense of achievement, but rather a this is a long slog. There is so much I have to deal with as far as mm. my pain and me goes, as far as my emotions are concerned, my patterns of behavior. I always describe myself as an empty shell for 18 months after rehab because I was literally empty. I was, I was, I, I had changed my behavior with the help of rehab, but who was I? I had no answer for a long time. And so there are no pictures or very few pictures from that time. So I'm actually, I would be intrigued to see a kind of before and after or before and every month there for you in the time. I, I, see I can now. send you some if you want. Uh, <laughs> of yours, <laughs> that have, would be cool. <laughs> I have I, all, all of you, before and after pictures of you. <laughs> why, why oh, did we meet before? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, if you want, if you want, I, I've, I've made a little before and after picture and I update it from time to time with more recent photos as I'm kind excellent, of excellent those that I like. But I've got one that is of me very drunk and it's a horrible photo, but I love it because it's, it's, I don't even recognize the person that is in the photo. It looks nothing like me, but I, love it I know that was me and I remember being in that moment. I actually remember that one. And uh, it's just, it's, it's brilliant to see the transformation. I love it. <laughs> and that's the problem, isn't it? You do what you think you look like and what you actually look like. You know, I, always <laughs> con I always considered myself quite a good dancer. And I'm sure I look like a, like a bloody drowning orangutan on the dance floor. But hey, it got the girls, okay, so it couldn't have been too bad. But for crying out loud, I'm sure that alcohol was not my best friend. No, As no. they say, dear alcohol, I've seen the pictures. We need to talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh I used to think I was a really cool dancer, and now oh. I look and I'm thinking, yeah, but you were falling about all over the place. You oh, that's right. That's and you right. were bumping into people, and you were probably horribly out of time, and you probably looked ridiculous. <laughs> I'm a much better dancer now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that's us. That's us. That's that's our disease. That's our, our problem. Alcohol uh, lies to us. Alcohol yes. gives us a, a such a skewed perception that it is, oh, it's bizarre. It's so bizarre. And I loved what you said earlier. You, you surround yourself with people that are fitting that mold. Because deep inside, you know that you're drinking too much. And your body actually says, really, come on, just another hangover, really? And in reality, if you surround yourself with people who are drinking or using, they will at least be as bad as you are, or often worse. And that's cool, because yeah. that makes you yeah. normal. Okay, so mm -hmm. it's very, very easy to, to go this way. Also, it maybe is not so normal that you start drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning. Unless, of course, you've got friends around, and then you say it's social, and we've got a, a, a Buck's Fizz, or you, you make this kind of really suave excuses. We have champagne breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, yes. Yeah. So, guys, yeah. if you find yourself thinking, yeah, I can see myself here, we need to talk. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> so, yoga. That's crazy. So George Harrison, um, Georgie boy, you have got uh, a lot to be to answer for. Um, <laughs> so, the yoga that, you know, or the, the style of the yoga that you have learned, um, is that described it a bit to us? So first of all, first of all, I think yoga. stop, stop, stop. Let's go back a bit. Some people don't even know what yoga is, so yoga how would you describe it to someone some alien who has just landed on this earth and has never seen george harrison or a yoga <laughs> pose and thinks why are you putting your bum into the air um what is that all about so yoga is it's a, a system for healthy happy living and it's a system of being 
that is all about connecting mind and body and spirit. It sees yoga sees us as not women. It's not just about the body. I mean, you look at yoga on Instagram these days, and you could be fooled into thinking that it was just about what you do with your body, but that's just a part of it. So it's about who you are, and it's about finding that person who you are because. We grow up and we're given all these messages about who we are and who we're supposed to be, and we lose who we actually are. And so yoga is all about finding that truth of who you are, finding that truth within yourself and giving yourself space to be, to just be where and who you are. So you do the physical practices so that you, the, the, the purpose of the postures isn't anything to do with being flexible or having a toned body or looking good on Instagram or anything like that. The purpose of the postures is to get your body able to sit for long periods of time so you can sit and focus on your breath and get yourself into a meditative state so that you can then hear yourself think, you can be with your thoughts and you can tune in too, so that you can be connected with not just your physical being, but your spiritual side as well. So it is a spiritual practice. It's not a physical exercise class. It, it is, it's, a, it's a spiritual program. And it's funny, you know, you, when, I, when I started writing this book, when I started thinking about writing my book, one of the things that I thought about doing was actually writing a, a trying to like write it almost like a comparison of yoga and 12 steps because there's a lot of crossover in terms of the ideas and the messages and the um the guidance that you get from it. I mean, because I've never done 12 steps, I felt a bit like that would be a bit inauthentic of me. Um, you know, I, I have no experience of 12 step programs at all. So I thought that maybe I'm not the right person to do that. Maybe, you know, at some point, maybe I could partner up with somebody that did 12 steps and we can do it together then. And that might be the way to do it. Um, but if you look at like, I've read Russell Brand's book about the 12 steps and it, he, in so much of that, he couldn't have been writing about yoga because there is so much around self-forgiveness, self-discovery, and the, the foundations of yoga are all about looking at your behavior, looking at how you talk to yourself, looking at how you think about yourself and how you think about the world outside, how you treat people, and trying to live, living the best life you possibly can and being the best version of yourself that you possibly can. And those are the, like, it's the um, eight limbs of yoga is supposed to be a step-by-step -step process. So you're supposed to look at how you live and how you show up in the world before you even get anywhere near a yoga mat. You're supposed to be purifying your behavior and being trying to elevate yourself to be the best person that you can be. And one of those, um, one of those foundational elements is a, called um, Santosha, no, I've forgotten it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a seven dwarves thing and I forgot it, but it's about cleanliness and the word will come back to me in a moment. It's about cleanliness. So it's about purifying your body and looking at what you put into your body, looking at what you put into your mind. So there's an awful lot in yoga that can be directly translated into any recovery program that you care to look at. You know, there's so much there. Um, and what was really what I, I would completely have confused an alien by now. I, I know that. I'm sorry. I've gone a bit off. Um, but what is also really important about yoga, and one of the things that, that really the most important aspect of it for me, and I, I'm the more I learn about breath, the more I'm understanding why, was the breathing aspect of it. So I mentioned breathing before. So I couldn't breathe through my nose. I gave up dairy products to reduce the mucus that was produced in my nose so I can breathe through my nose now. And as soon as I was able to breathe properly, everything changed for me. I could sleep at last and I could deal with stress. And as I'm starting to learn now, slowing your breath actually helps your body to process trauma and it helps to process those stuck hidden emotions that, you know, we squash down and we pour more wine on them and we pour more cigarettes and more drugs and more whatever all that stuff onto it and press it down and hide them and then when you start to slow your breath 
and really be with your breath, it allows your body to release all that. Now, I've been saying for years that, that learning to breathe was, was the biggest factor in me being able to get sober. And I thought that was just because it was allowing me to keep myself calm and calm my stress. But recently, as in like last night, even, I'm starting to understand the impact that the breath has on trauma. And, you know, that we, we, we when you, if you, if you were starting, like I know that I'd experienced a lot of trauma in my younger, in my childhood, you know, ADHD, growing up with that, not knowing why I was so different, that, that traumatized me in itself, much less everything else. Um, so I know that there was a lot of trauma in me now. And I know that I was releasing that through my breath. And it just, it blows my mind just how powerful this stuff is. That, you know, I was doing a lot of other stuff as well. I was doing a lot of writing and a lot of self-therapy through writing. But just how much power there is in, in just taking the time to breathe and to breathe properly because we don't allow ourselves, especially if, you know, like me, you're smoking loads of cigarettes and joints every day as well. You're never taking a proper breath. And just when you allow yourself to breathe, it allows your body to release all this tension and then you can actually feel who you are. It's just, it's so powerful. So powerful. And it is amazing the clarity that comes after a, a focus session of meditation, breathing, mm. uh, of if you're working with a healer who does high energy healing or high frequencies, things like that, and you're lying there and what you're doing is you're essentially you're doing deep breathing exercises, you're doing a proper breathing and you're doing meditation, plus there are other forces of the universe going and you come around after a half an hour or so and it is it's spooky it's spooky that the clarity the the vision the the, the feeling the spring in your step the there's so many things that are just utterly amazing and they are i mean guys here's a doctor talking about frequencies and stuff like that and you think has he gone off the rails or what um but there's so much in in school medicine and in western medicine which we have no freaking clue about and luckily we're in the last so probably five ten fifteen years there's been a shift away from from this kind of more okay which tablet can we give you or shall we give you half a tablet or a whole tablet or towards more a holistic approach towards a more inclusive approach where whatever works works as long as it does as long as you don't do any harm and maybe an openness to actually accept that there are things out there that we cannot explain and if you are here um, thinking well where shall I start my goodness this is my life is a mess my my yeah, my life has no message. Um, I'm I'm just lost. Then, if you always thought about yoga, then why not try? And this is not just something where you then, yeah, as you say, focus on the body. And this is not. This is so much more than mm -hmm. a physical exercise, and that's yeah, I guess the beautiful is. thing. Now, again, on the same side, there are guys out there who are watching this now and are thinking, oh, my God, um, he's really gone now, completely spirits, Lululala, tree hugger, etc. Um, there is, there is, of course, this image of people like George Harrison going to India to find an ashram, to, to do all the kind of, of work uh, in, that is sort of a little bit frowned upon sort of going to the extreme i think if you look nowadays at yoga and if you look at at spiritual leaders in that field these are normal people these are mm -hmm. absolute normal people out there who just have developed an insight into their body and have developed skills that are so useful and the breathing is one of them 
uh, but it's the body relaxation. It is the, the way that you change the state of your body and with that change the state of your mind, which is so powerful. You don't need mm. a tablet in order to change it. You don't need a drug in order to find that peace and that calmness. Uh, you don't need to shoot something up. You don't need the alcohol. That's the amazing thing. Now, it's not for everyone, okay? And some no. people say, look, I, I can't actually reach my toes. I have difficulties putting socks on because I'm so stiff. And you want me to do whatever crazy monkey puts his ass in the air position. The sitting, no, and, and <laughs> no, no way in hell. You might be surprised how little you need to get started. You just need to be able to actually sit down and and you don't even need to don't don't think you just start with the lotus position and get that toe into that ear and that no 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 you you sit you know you probably have little little blocks of things for people who are too stiff and you can just sit on that isn't it there are well i don't we don't i don't actually the way i was trained we don't use any props we just work with where your body is now and it's it's funny it's it's one of the things that that i i find most confusing and i think where the modern yoga industry has kind of shot itself in the foot in a lot of ways is that that is the perception of yoga people think they have to already be able to do uh, yeah. stuff before they can even start now I don't know if, if you've tried to learn anything ever in your life. You don't go into anything expecting to already be able to do it if you've never done it before. You know, I if I wanted to pick up, a, if I wanted to learn to play the guitar, I wouldn't expect to be able to play the guitar like George Harrison before I've even had my first lesson. But people think that they need to be able to do yoga in order to be able to do it, to be able to start. So it's like, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. And my answer is, well, you you probably would benefit from trying some yoga. Exactly. If you're flexible, that's not a reason not to do it. That's a reason to do it. That's, you know, because you, if you are not flexible now, that's not going to get any better unless you do something about it. Exactly. And people say they can't meditate, but that's because they're thinking they need to sit down for an hour and empty their heads. And that is a high level. Of, that's a high level that you get to. You start with one minute. You start with one minute and you chase your thoughts away from 90% of that minute. You know, you sit down for one minute and you you realize how much you're thinking. And the, I, when I, whenever I try it, when I, I do 10 minutes every day of quiet sitting, and I, there's not a minute that I'm not actually thinking something, but I'm aware of what I'm thinking. It's not 50,000 thoughts all crowding for my attention. I can actually follow those thoughts and I'm aware of what I'm thinking and if I start going off down a real tangent I can come back to focusing on my breath people think with yoga that they have to already be able to get to the outcome without doing the practice and nothing that doesn't happen with anything we can't do the thing until we've learned how to do the thing exactly. and it it, it, it makes me so sad because people are losing, people are denying themselves the option Beautiful. because they think they can't do it. And it's like, it, it's possible for you. It doesn't matter. You never need to sit on a yoga mat in your entire life if you don't want to. But you need to breathe. So why not learn to do that a bit more, a bit better? You know, you, what you could benefit from that if you just learn to slow your breath down a little bit. That's yoga. That's still yoga. And you can benefit. We all, you're going to have to keep breathing. So why not do it better? <laughs> that, is down, that is the most beautiful, beautiful boiling it down to what is really important. And guys out there, I mean, I, I, I and everyone else has got waves of anxiety washing over us. And if you know how to breathe, you can deal with that. It is amazing through my journey where I am now. If I want to, I can get rid of a wave of anxiety uh, very quickly or put a stop to it or to, mm. to just change. And I've got it down to a fine art where one particular deep, calm breath in a certain way switches my state completely over. 
Yeah. And that is a beautiful, beautiful, powerful thing. It is sort of like you find a button and switch on the laser vision, kind of. And it's beautiful, an absolute beautiful feeling. So therefore, and that is just one way how to use breathing. And if you go back over these interviews, if you were to do a binge watch of all the videos, you will find again and again and again, people who have often been quite incapacitated uh, by either chest disease or by, by other things that just where their body was at a breakdown point. And there's one story that comes to my mind where this lady was asked to stand there against this tree and breathe. And she said, what the heck? What are you talking about? I'll just stand against this tree, take hold this tree and start breathing. And I'll show you how to. And she was unable to even walk uh, from the car to the where they met, which was not far. And she stood there for half an hour on that tree and then walked back and she felt, wow, what's going on here? And she drove home and walked very easily into the house and thought, what is going on here? I was incapacitated with my breathing problem. And now here I am. What's going on? And it is amazing. It's amazing when we start actually listening to our body. uh, And that's what you're doing with your breathing. That's what you're learning to connect. uh, And don't get shied away from from it by words like chakras and energy Mm. flow etc this is just a different terminology that's just as much as as when you start a sport and they talk with funny overhead bowling and cricket and whatever Uh, it is yeah every sport has got its terminology so there are funny words there to learn too so Mm. it is what it is but no it is don't shy away i think this is yoga and 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 similar ways of 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 combining the body and the spirit into one have so much to offer us have so much to for us to learn and it it, is it's like a conduit it's like a, a facilitator how to learn about yourself how to become Full as a whole, how to become uh, the, the authentic, the, the real you. Everything comes together when you know how to breathe and when you know how to how to think. And you know, we have got this supercomputer up there, an absolute supercomputer, but no one has ever given us the manual. <laughs> so you're pressing on a few buttons and think, oh, that feels good. Oh, what is that? Oh, that's alcohol. Oh, that feels good. Yeah, that's cool. I'll try that. Drugs, oh, they feel good. Yeah. So you've done that. You've tried those things. Well, why not try something else? Why not try (laughs) just breathing? What is yoga? What can you lose? Does it hurt you? No. Will you pay gazillions for it? You shouldn't. If someone makes you pay gazillions, then you either have the top of the top of the top people or someone is ripping you off. Okay, so, <laughs> so, but then again, yoga teachers also need to, to live, okay? They, well, it's, it's a yoga job. teachers do need to pay the bills, yes. People do to, sometimes people seem to think yoga teachers can live off the air that they breathe and nothing uh, else. Uh, that's that's <laughs> we are among that group of people who seem to get asked to do stuff for free quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's, you wouldn't go to the doctor and say, okay, no, this, thank you very much for rescuing my life. Can I have it for free, please? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Hmm. Hang on. <laughs> So, no, that's cool. If you uh, were to go back, be able to go back in a time machine, what would you tell your younger self? Okay, how how many hours have we got here? Yeah, that's (laughs) (laughs) But if there was was one key message that you would would give... Yeah, I would, I would, well, I would like to tell her two things. I would like to tell her that she's got ADHD and that she needs to go and find out about ADHD and to get treatment for that. Because if I'd known about that at any time in my life, then my life would have been very different because I only found out 
two years ago. I got diagnosed last year. So I was 46 when I got diagnosed with ADHD. And there was a massive kind of grieving process for the life I could have had. You know, like if I'd known about this when I was five, if I'd known about it when I was 20, mm. if I'd known about it when I was 30, you know, life could have been very different if I'd had the tools to manage my brain in a different way. Mm. And to know that I wasn't a failure because of all the things I couldn't do, you know, all the things that my ADHD means I can't do or that I struggle with. I'd grown up thinking that I was a failure of a human being because those so it would have been good I think younger me would have really benefited from knowing that actually she's got this really awesome brain that just does things differently and the other thing I would have told her and that that would have made a massive difference if young me could have really known this was your mother loves you <laughs> and you need to go and have a hug because I, I grew up with some issues with me and my mum are great friends now. I've been out walking with her today. We get on really well. But younger me didn't really get that my mum loved me. And I think had I known about that as well, had I known that, I think my life could have been a bit different if I trusted her and if I felt able to talk to her about stuff. Things could have been very different. So, yeah. And I'd also like to give my younger self a big hug because I think she needed it. Mm. So true. So true. Such beautiful words that you said there. <laughs> they they speak very much to me because uh, bottom line is yeah similar Dave. Uh, I've got very similar uh, not resentments thoughts where I think what a shame uh, mm. life could have been so different yeah had I not done it my way uh, but we do that's what we do as teenagers that's what we do as young adults yes. we think we know it yeah. all. Uh, we are in those kind of yeah. beings uh, where the frontal lobe goes on holiday for a few years and then comes back. And for some of us, it takes it takes decades for the, the common sense to come back. <laughs> so I think that's the two of I'm us there in sure. a nutshell. I'm not sure mine's ever fully on board. Really. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, my idea of common sense isn't quite the same as other people's. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. <laughs> but as I said, normal people scare me. It is, yeah. it is, no, it is. And that's that's a nice thing because that's what we are. We are us, once yeah. and all. And yeah. uh, there is no one perfect person. It is. If I get a dollar for every uh, guest who tells me, "Wow, I, I was trying to live up to all the expectations, mm. and I was never quite good enough." It was, and even when I ticked all the boxes, I was empty, I was sad, I was, it was just that front, that mask that, that yes. I was wearing, and deep inside yeah. I was full of pain and didn't know yeah. where I belonged to. God, yeah. that is the story not, of life. Yeah, no matter what you achieve, it's not good enough. Isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> So, but yeah. then again, guys, if you listen to that, you're listening to it because there's a reason. You are searching. You are, you are here to find answers. And I guess the biggest message that, that is that I can send you is listen to that inner turmoil because it's, it's a beacon. It's, it's a sign that you are ready to find a new purpose, a new way of life, a new, a new something. You are not content with where you are, and that's the most beautiful place to be in because you're about to change. You're about to do things, and that's excitement. That's, that's cool. That's, hey, your life is about to, to go places that you did previously not not ever consider and that's that's wonderful cool oh esther it was so good to talk to you thank you so much for thank coming you. onto my show uh you are an amazing woman and uh, give us again the name of your book come on this because it's, it's actually lovely to read it's called bent back into shape beating yeah. addiction through yoga it's Perfect. back to friends 
screen, is it? Uh, it is, it is. Same, always the same <laughs> problem here. It's like, yeah, you sort of, and sometimes you look and you think, well, hang on, what, what was that? Did I write that wrong or what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So same here. So that's the, that's the way it is. My steps to sobriety is mine. And you're quite right. I talk about the, the 12 steps as a as a failing business and how you would go about uh, helping that business, which happens to be your life. Um, so again, I use it from a more business point of view. Uh-huh. Your, your, your uh, approach uh, with regards to, to yoga and, and uh, talking about the similarities in the belief systems is just intriguing. And that's a beautiful thing. So whatever, I guess the message there for all of you viewers and listeners out there is whatever system works with you, gels for you, whatever makes your mind say, actually, I think they are onto something here. Maybe I should do X, then Y, uh, then that's, that's wow. And if it is a book like mine that makes the change, brilliant. If it is a book like Esther's that implements the change, brilliant. It doesn't matter. We're all different people. So find what works for you, but do not get complacent and say, yes, I'm in pain, but let's just numb it a little bit more. It's, mm-hmm. You can do better, honestly. There's a life waiting out there. And Esther proves it every day. I prove it every day. There's so many other people out there, people you meet in meetings, you meet... Uh, on the internet nowadays, you, you just need to look around and you will be amazed how many fantastic, gorgeous people are there to help you, are there to open your eyes, are there to share their story because they have gone through the same shit that you're going through now. So don't you ever dare giving up because there is so much hope out there. You just probably can't see it now. And there is so much help out there. And you can't see it now. And there are people like Esther and me who are very happy to give you a big, big, big hug, even if you're a bit smelly, even if you're a bit down and out. Um, it is what it is. <laughs> cool. Esther, again, thank you very much. It was a beautiful and humbling interview. And it's you guys been lovely out- chatting with you. Thank you, Stefan. And you guys out there, look after yourself. Bye. Bye. Dream on, dream on.